0: All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the weekly wrap for the week ending May 1st. Uh, I'm an associate editor with Bank Innovation, um, Rick Morgan. and I'm joined by my colleague, Bianca Chan, as well as the principal of our accelerator, Rodrigo Suarez. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, so we just want to talk a little bit about what happened this week, some of the big stories. Um, and I guess, Bianca, let's start with you. I know you did a lot of stuff with uh, RBC and kind of some of the new initiatives that are taking on over
1: there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Um, So it's pretty interesting. We've been seeing this trend of banks shuttering their uh, standalone apps that are geared for specific customer segments or specific needs, and we spoke with RBC this week about their approach to mobile banking, Um, and it's pretty interesting. So instead of spinning up these secondary apps for certain demographics or banking functions, they create what they call additions or experiences, which take what is already offered in the primary app, um, but they curate or like showcase specific features or emphasize certain services based on your financial profile. So they have three of these additions. Um, the newest one will be the direct invest edition, which will, I think it's slated to launch in a few weeks now um, and the other two are designed for small business customers and also young adult customers um, so for the student and young adult edition which launched last August they're seeing an increase in usage in terms of customers opting in to the experience and then also 50% longer um, session times so they launched it about nine months ago still remains to be seen whether this is the key to big banks approach to mobile apps but it's a super interesting concept
0: yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting. You know, a lot of these, a lot of big banks uh, are, are doing some very innovative things. This, And we, we kind of touched on that this week um, through their product teams and through innovation labs. Um, I actually spoke with Citibank uh, and we wrote a story about their innovation lab and how the bank is connecting with clients through these virtual self-guided tours that they're calling lab in a box. Um, so it's sort of a way for them to connect with uh with, with clients even during the COVID pandemic when people are, you know, hesitant to, um, well, unable to, to travel and to, you know, they can't go to physical places. So they're kind of working on a way and it's still very much in the early stages and they can, can't really give too many details yet, but they're, they are working on a way for clients to see what the team's working on um, and some of the things they're developing and to be able to talk to the, the product owners and stuff. Um, through the labs, through these like self-guided tours. So it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they continue to develop that and what it ends up really looking like once they finish it. Um, um, we also talked a lot of, this week about um, sort of accelerated um, technology pushes and banks sort of uh, pushing up the timelines for a lot of their uh, innovation projects based on the pandemic. Um, and I know, Rodrigo, you have some, some data to share on that.
2: Yeah, I, know, I was just looking at... Uh, a few of the things that you covered, and I saw certain banks pushing for new products or new capabilities. Um, you know, given the the need, um, given you know the current situation uh, that we're all in, um, and it was data that we got when we were actually working on a survey last uh, month. Um, it just summarizing, um, you know, how banks stand on uh, different um, capabilities um, and sort of a, where the gaps are. So I know, Bianca, you covered a story about a bank. Um, thinking about interactive teller machines as an example, and, and those in the past were mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily seen as the best way to optimize retail networks, but I guess now they're becoming um, more important. And, and just looking at the data that we, that we got from FI Navigator, um, you know, fewer than like 30% of banks across the board have some sort of interactive teller machine capability. So so it's interesting to see how banks are, you know, looking at solutions that have existed out there Mm -hmm. um, and now maybe accelerating their their deployment. Uh, You know, something similar goes for having just like online live chat functionality Um, You know, looking at regional banks, uh, fewer than 50% um, have that available and, you know, there are many other things that we could talk about. Um, On account opening, you know, a number of smaller community banks uh, don't have online account opening uh, capabilities at all. Um, So I think that's, um, you know, interesting especially as it relates to, to what you covered, Bianca, and how banks are now going back to those maybe, you know, table stakes um, capabilities and, and revisiting them and accelerating.
1: Yeah, totally. It's interesting because um, Happy Bank, which is the bank that kind of accelerated its deployment um, of these ITMs, basically said, if you're not working on PPP loans, you're working on ITMs. And that, um, they kind of... Um, I took a lot of their employees who were either like branch employees or whose whose um, functions kind of were scaled back, given social distancing and and just the the pandemic, um, and kind of reallocated those resources to this ITN deployment. Um, so it's interesting. I think that like integrated technology and and um, interactive technology, especially as it relates to banking customer service, is for sure going to be accelerated after the pandemic. I mean. Just with social distancing, I'm sure it's going to take a while for us to kind of get back to um, how we kind of bank before the pandemic, if we even get back to where we were.
2: (laughs) Right. And and are you hearing anything about banks uh, that you're talking to, um, you know, as far as like their network optimization efforts? Are they also thinking about, you know, what is this, what does this mean as far as, you know, which branches we're going to keep, which ones we're not, I think that's also going to become important, right? Probably, um, you know, branch networks will um, will change and, and many banks, I imagine, will want to like optimize those networks significantly.
1: Totally, yeah. As, as more resources kind of get allocated to digital banking and, and online functions, I'm sure that like something's got to give, right? I'm sure some, some branches won't reopen
0: yeah i mean that would seem to be a logical kind of next step to to infer there i mean especially with all these new customer service tools banks are working on um, virtual assistants chatbots i mean those were already in the works before uh the pandemic really um, started spreading rapidly but given you know it's rapid scale at this point um, banks have really kind of accelerated projects like that and um, I think they're finding in a lot of ways that they can handle a lot of customer service volume um, without having to send people to a branch. I mean, we did a story about this week, a TSB bank that launched a virtual assistant in five days through IBM. Um, you know, obviously, these are dire times, so I, I don't think banks are going to start launching products in five days all the time after this. but. Um, the fact that they were able to do that and it's successfully handled, I think, forty thousand customer requests up to this point. Um, I think a lot of banks are going to take the lessons from this pandemic and kind of um, take them beyond just whatever things normalize, whatever that might be. Uh, I would expect that a lot of these customer service channels that they're using are going to stay in place, and they're going to find that they can probably handle a lot of this stuff remotely. That they been handling in branches. Um, So uh, looking forward to next week, everyone um, sort of let's, let's start with you, Bianca. I mean, is there anything, uh, anything you can give us a sort of a preview into what we're working on next week?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, We're going to be kind of looking at how some of the biggest banks are creating better money management and budgeting tools um, as well as payment features, which obviously is super relevant given, um, you know, large, a large, group of people in the country and I guess over the world um, mm-hmm. are cash strapped these days. So uh, it seems like financial institutions are kind of doubling down on that effort to help their customers in that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we're we're going to continue following, I'm going to continue following some, uh, some innovation projects that banks are working on. Um, a lot of them, they're trying to sort of get these things off the ground and get them out into the market. So I'll be following some stories there. Uh, Rodrigo, is there anything that INV
2: Fintech is sort of keeping an eye on in the coming week? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, stuff along the same lines as what you just mentioned, right? It's, uh, we're we're looking at what innovation teams are focusing on, what they're prioritizing over the next uh, few weeks and months, Um, you know, it's still probably, you know, a long way before the, the, the crisis is, is over, uh, but I think banks are now starting to uh, focus on specific initiatives. And you know that's something that we're keeping an eye, an eye out for as well. Yeah, of
0: course. Well, I think it's gonna be uh, an interesting week to watch and as always, we'll be there to cover it. So uh, Rodrigo, Bianca, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.